Welcome to the Brad Square Geekcast, your weekly perfectly symmetrical, perfectly balanced, and of course, a perfect square. I'm your host, Brad Bellinger, and of course, joined by the Brad from the frozen wastelands of Canada, my co-host, Brad Rock. Thank you, thank you, Brad. How's it going? Pretty good. Is it a frozen wastelands up there today? It's not yet. It's not yet. We still got probably another good week before, you know, the blizzards start and the snow pours in. You know, typical uh, late uh, late September Canada weather. <laughs> So you guys are lucky. You guys are always, like, sort of attuned to the cold weather. Down here, I think it was, like, last night I saw my breath, right, when I went outside. I was like, okay. Let the dog out, see my breath. I'm like, it's getting cold. Before I know it, I'm going to have to start sleeping in, like, my pajamas. (laughs) I don't want to know what you're sleeping in now. Um, See, it's not even that cold (laughs) here yet, though. Like, uh, I don't know. We're getting, you know, 20-degree weather days. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. See, that's... Oh, that's not Fahrenheit. Oh, I was going to say, if that's Fahrenheit, then that's cold. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You, you guys have a really, really weird system that doesn't make any sense for temperatures. Well, we have some sort of sense. Okay, zero is when water freezes. How hard is that? 32 is when water freezes. How hard is that? Why would water freeze at 32? <laughs> because water boils at, like, 200? Eh. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, that's why, why do you need degrees. to know when water boils? Though? That's the other thing. Like You need to know when it freezes. You don't need to know when it boils. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. You don't really need to know when it, when it boils. Listen, yeah. if we're going to be particular, though, then the Kelvins is the actual way to go. Exactly. Screw it. We're all going to move to Kelvins. Water, boy, or water freezes at minus I 200. What, I wonder what zero Celsius is in Kelvins. I think it's, I think like, it's like 200, 200 or something. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right. I think it's like... 273? Yep, 273.15. Yes. That's close. Yes. So it would be like 273 degrees at freezing. That's perfect. That's how it should be. See, that's that's why Celsius was created, because Kelvin makes no sense. Well, Kelvin makes sense, but nobody wants to be like, it's 500 degrees out today. How are you feeling? It's just weird. I suppose you can get a lot more granular with Kelvin. But then the human mind is kind of conditioned to think of temperature in in you know in what we use to measure it right so like mm-hmm. for you guys you can probably tell the difference pretty well between like uh i don't know 30 and 31 fahrenheit but that's pretty granular for someone who's used to celsius so it's harder for us to say oh it's you know 31 versus 30 in in fahrenheit to us that would probably be still be i don't know uh one degree or whatever celsius like i don't know uh, it's it's i i, I think y- your mind kind of gets used to what you're used to so i'm sure if we were dealing with kelvin regularly we'd probably get used to how granular those changes are but now i mean the, the difference between 100 and 101 is probably so minuscule to us yeah it, it's um they get too abstract for you no, you didn't get abstract, but it, it's it, it the the temperature things are so stupid. Thirty two is zero Celsius, right? Yes. And thirty one is negative a half Celsius for us. So it's like so stupid. Like, why do we even like bother? <laughs> well, I think the idea is that Fahrenheit you can get more granular than Celsius. Yeah, and then Kelvin's like about as fine tuned as you want, right? Which I guess makes sense for, like, chemists and stuff. You probably need to know... Well, yeah, because you want to know, like, the exact temperature. 
Yeah. And you want it based off of zero being like nothing moves, which is always theoretical because like you can't reach that. But yeah, because um... theoretically, just like time would stop at that speed at that temperature, right? <laughs> really? Well, time is something that we've made up. So yeah, like but... we've made up time, so time technically wouldn't stop. But like, so in in Kelvin, then zero is at a point in which n- nothing moves. That doesn't make sense, though, if negative 273 is boiling, or is freezing. No. Or what? Is posi- is it positive no, positive two- 273 is freezing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That makes sense, then. So at <laughs> zero... Zero is, like, as low as it goes. It doesn't do negatives. Okay, so zero is just, like, the coldest we can possibly theorize. Yeah, it's, it's basically the end goal of cold, but you can't get close to it, basically. Because there's nothing to get things that cold. Okay, okay. Because like well, even space, has, even space has like stuff moving, right? Yeah. Stuff vibrates in space. Even like your table like vibrates. Your computer vibrates just a little bit. Yeah. Wasn't that the whole like string theory and all that crap? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that that's like a whole other topic for another day. <laughs> that that'll be when it's like the Brad squared science cast. Yeah. We'll fumble our way through th- string theory, which I'm sure neither of us understand even slightly. Nope. nope. I understand it has to do with strings. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, so science yeah, so where aside... where do you want to start today? Sorry? So where do you want to start today? Well, you know, I, I think we should start with uh, a little bit of retro. Uh, so Mighty Number no. 9, uh, which is the spiritual successor to Mega Man. Uh, it's, it's been made by the, uh, the Mega Man development team. Uh, and... Earlier in the year, it uh, it was pushed back. It was originally scheduled for September 15th, which obviously has gone and passed. Um, and now it's been given a new release date of February 9th, uh, 2016. Yeah. So, Brad, are you at all excited for Mighty Number no. 9? I, I know I've, I've mentioned it before on the cast. I'm a huge Mega Man fan, but uh, what are your thoughts? Um... My thoughts are you're gonna have fun editing this cast. <laughs> uh, I just got like a message saying like something weird on my computer, so I assume my recording just refreshed. So have fun with that. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, Mega Man. Um. I'll be honest with you. I've never really gotten that into Mega Man, but when you hear about something like coming back from, like, the past, right? Like, they have, like, television shows dedicated to, like, bringing back, like, cartoons from when you were, like, a kid. Yeah. And, like, that always brings me nostalgia, even if it was, like, one of the shows, like, I've never watched, right? Yeah. Well, it's just kind like, of the Shenmue oh, 3 effect, I remember. right? Yeah, yeah, basically. It's exactly the Shenmue 3 effect. So, uh, I'm excited to see Mega Man come back in this mighty number nine. Um, I probably won't play it, but... It's nice to know that it's there, in case I decide to change my mind. So I've done a bit of a 180 on it, right? Like, I mean, I was originally very excited. I'm a huge fan of Mega Man, uh, specifically the Mega Man X series. Like, it holds a very special place in my heart. Um, I loved how tough it was as a kid. I mean, it was unrelenting, or at least the original Mega Mans were. Um, you know, the music was great. Who doesn't want to be a robot shooting, you know, lasers or whatever out of his arm 
like it's it you know it's a great little story especially when you're a kid uh and mighty number no. nine does seem cool and seem interesting and seem to capture that sort of fun spirit of Mega Man. But I mean, ultimately, uh, these types of things make me nervous for a lot of reasons. If it was just a delay, I'm all, you know I'm always in favor of delays. If it was just a delay, I'd be like, okay, they're just making the game better. After the weirdness of the Red Ash uh, Kickstarter, which we talked about uh, pre- on a previous cast, but um, we did. We did a little bit. Uh, we didn't follow through the whole story, but so Red Ash is the spiritual successor to Mega Man Legends that they wanted to do. Mega Man Legends being a, um, a sort of third-person action RPG Mega Man game that was created for the PlayStation uh, console. Um, there was two games. Uh, a third one was at one point supposed to be getting made, and that got cancelled, and Red Ash was their attempt to bring it back. Well, they then released some gameplay footage. Uh, they, so they, they had a Kickstarter. It was not doing well. Um, they released a demo uh, of gameplay footage, and it was so bad that it actually prompted people to pull their investments. Um, and then they ended up selling it to some very strange uh, development company out of uh, out of China who were super sketchy. Like, you go to their website, and they've got... Um, they've got information or not information, but they, they've got like artwork and stuff from Halo games, like completely unlicensed stuff, but that's promoting their brand. A very, very strange company to have chosen. The whole thing looked really sketchy. Um, and then that just sounds sketchy. It's it's so <laughs> sketchy. Like if you go to the website, it's it's literally like Master Chief talking about how games suck that aren't developed by this company or something really weird like that. Um, and then you get, uh, you get, uh, the, you know, this story coming out from all accounts, people who've played the demos of My- Mighty Number no. Nine were really underwhelmed. Um, so I can understand them pushing back the delivery date by about four months. But whereas I normally would say, you know, pushing back delivery date just means they're trying, they're, you know, more bugs were found than expected. They're just trying to get things better. But given this, given what happened with Red Ash, it just makes me concerned that they're so far behind that they're not going to deliver something quality. I hope that I'm wrong, but... Uh, so you mentioned... Uh, uh, maybe you didn't, but uh, this thing was kickstarted as well, right? Yes, this was a kickstarter. Just like Shenmue and a lot of other yep. retro games coming back. This was one of the first sort of big retro game coming back kickstarters. Well, they raised more than four million bucks, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not near what game development is nowadays, but it's still a good chunk of change. And it's feasible for a 2D shooter, you know? Like, it's not mm-hmm. 3D, open world. It's not like they're making Rainbow level. Six Siege, right? Exactly. On four million bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, it, it, it fills me with a little bit of concern. I'll probably still get it, because... <laughs> let's be honest. Like, it's Mega Man-ish... If I can get something that can actually play it, um, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely get it. But uh, right now, I'm, I'm calling it. This is gonna be, you know, like a C plus level game. Like this isn't gonna be, you know, something that gets really good reviews. This is gonna be something that you're gonna pick up for the nostalgia factor. But I think everyone's gonna be a little bit disappointed in. That's fair enough. 
Um, I think that's where a lot of these sort of games have, like in all of our hearts, right, is like the nostalgia fact, right? That's why that's why all these people like um, threw money towards like Shenmue 3, right? I'm sure not a lot of them were like, oh man, like this game's going to be fantastic, right? They're just like, I really just want this retro nostalgic game. It's going to bring me back. And so I'm going to donate to it, even if I don't end up picking it up, which mm. I hope a lot of them pick it up, especially since they donated so much money to it, right? But yeah. I, well, I think the other thing, too, is a lot of people who are donating haven't necessarily played it uh, or played the originals. Like, you think of how poorly Shenmue 1 and 2 sold. Um, I seriously doubt that all of the backers have actually played and fondly remember Shenmue. And, you know what, truth be told, they're probably going to get a little bit disappointed because Shenmue, for what it was, um, it was very immersive, it was very ambitious, but it was kind of boring. So I'm sure that, you know, people know about this game that has such a uh, an emotional and... um, an emotional and vocal minority that supported it and loved it. And it embodies everything that was great about early 2000s video game development. You know, reaching for the stars, trying to do things that had never been done before. And the kind of uh, elements that Shenmue introduced are still being used in Western RPGs today. Uh, You know, like the concept of complex patterns and daily routines for NPCs. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that, to this date, things like Skyrim still employ. So it had such a profound effect on gaming um, in the long term. It had such a vocal minority who loved and, you know, wished for Shenmue 3. So it was able to garner a lot of people who just really got on that train of like, oh my god, Shenmue 3, we never thought this was going to come. But by and large, I'm sure a lot of them have never actually played a Shenmue game. Doubtful. They probably heard of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm anxious to, to hear what's what's going to come, or I'm, I'm anxious to see what's going to come when Shenmue 3 is actually going to re- be released. Because I'm, I'm sure that it'll live up to everything that diehard fans are expecting from a Shenmue game. But I worry that a good 80% of the people who end up playing it didn't know what to expect from a Shenmue game and are going to be very disappointed. Do you think you're going to be disappointed with uh, Mighty Number no. 9 as well? Oh, absolutely. People... <laughs> okay. I fully expect to be disappointed from Mighty Number no. 9. Like Everything that's been reported and that I've heard, and all by all accounts, this isn't the great Mega Man game that we all want. And I mean... I think the other thing is we don't necessarily need a new great Mega Man game because we've been getting great Mega Man games. Like, Mega Man 10 was good. I mean, they, they you know, they, they continued the series on the PlayStation, and they were good games. So I can't really say that the world has this empty hole uh, and we've never gotten a new true Mega Man game. We have. Um, I'd love a new Mega Man X game, for sure. Um, and, you know, maybe this will give me some of that feeling and that spirit of Mega Man X, but if it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. I've got ten Mega Man games, 
And I'm fairly certain that the X series got up to X7, maybe? They went pretty far. Uh, that's 17 games that if I really am, am hungering for a Mega Man game, I can go back and get the back catalog. Like, that's really not... Um, not a lacking, you know, 17 games, if I played through one after another after another, by the time I finally got to, you know, X7, it would have been long enough since I've played the original Mega Man that I could probably replay it and get a good experience, and it's not as if these games don't lend themselves to replayability. Like, they're challenging games, they're fun games to go back through and play. It's not like you know, a, a, a large-scale Western RPG where the story and the... the story is so intricate and some of the side quests are so monotonous that after you've played through it, there isn't that desire to go through and play it again. Like, these are games that you play through for the challenge, and after you know the pattern, you still might want to play it because there's still a damn good chance you're going to die even knowing the pattern. Okay, I, I, I get you. I understand. So, you have reserved expectation is what I'm getting out of this. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I'm going to get it because I like Mega Man, and I'm anxious to see what they've done, but I don't have high expectations for it because I don't think it's going to meet my expectations, and I, even my low expectations. I don't think it's going to be a good game. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a great game. I'm sure it's going to be a playable game, but... Right now, I'm going in there expecting the worst, and if I get the best, that's great. And if you get anything less, then you won't be disappointed. Exactly. <laughs> that's fair yeah. enough. So, uh, I, so I did briefly mention... Um, Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah, yeah. Made going off four, the disappointment train, bucks. no kidding. Um, so, uh, Rainbow Six Siege. You, want, you brought this to my attention to talk about today. It's going to have no campaign mode. Yeah, like, they're being a little bit cagey as to what campaign mode, what no campaign mode means. <laughs> well, they say, th their quotations are, it won't have a story mode per se. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I mean, where games, where shooters seem to be going nowadays, um, I was surprised for a game like Rainbow Six. Um and I, I don't know, like, maybe I've been too out of Rainbow Six for too long, but I've I've never been one to play Rainbow Six for the engaging online campaign mode. And I know a lot of, or sorry, online uh, multiplayer mode. And I know, I know a lot of people have been, but uh, I've never found it that great to play a, uh, a multiplayer game. Because Rainbow Six is powerfully unforgiving. I mean, it is, you know, a, a huge part of it is that you're dealing with as realistic as a shooter can get without it being not fun anymore. Um, so, I mean, if you get shot, you know, more than once or twice, like, that's it for you in Rainbow Six. Like, it is very unforgiving. Um, so the idea has always been, be very tactical, um, plan out your attack, and... You know the 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 single player mode has always really led lend lent itself well to that. I find that in an online campaign in, or in an online multiplayer mode, it's a lot more of if you're not good, 
you're not good and you're going to die instantly and the learning curve to play in the online scape is very difficult. So I think it's going to hurt itself a little bit by not really having a dedicated campaign mode. I sort of commend them for not having a campaign mode in a, in like a small sense, simply because it seems like every FPS shooter, right? First person shooter, which I guess I said shooter twice, right? Mm-hmm. That's like what people do with like ATM machine. Um, mm. <laughs> um, Sorry, you got me mid coffee right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you have like your Call of Duties. They always have like a story mode, and they always like work pretty hard on the story. And um, some people, they're the people that are like, oh, I don't really don't care about the the game. I just want to play with current players, and so that's why I buy the new game is so I can play with current people, or like I like the new mechanics that they introduced or whatever. Does Call of Duty really work that hard on the the, the story mode? Because I, I seem to hear that a lot from people, See, where they'll you, say, "Oh, you don't you don't buy it for the story." Like the multiplayer is where it's at, and my re, my reaction is always like, "Then why is it a sixty dollar game with a campaign mode?" <laughs> See, the reason I say that they put effort towards it, right? I say that because, um, well. It, it it because they hire like specific like voice actors and stuff they get they don't get like see celebrities in they get like actual um like I'm, I'm trying to remember a good example they well, had the key for Sutherland he's in uh, he does a voice for Call of Duty doesn't he I think so and they had uh for some reason I can't remember his name for the life of me I feel bad about it um. He's the guy from the Avengers and the Marvel Agents of Shield. What's his name again? Uh, you know what I'm talking oh, about the yeah, yeah. the suit uh, guy. I can't remember his name. I, I it was on the tip of my tongue before the cast. I can't remember it now, of course. Uh, Colson is the name of the the character. I the think. character, yeah. But, but, but yeah, yeah he, I know who you're talking. He, about. he was in the. Um, he's been in Call of Duty in the past too. Yeah. And so they get some star power behind it, and that's what makes me feel like they at least put a little bit of thought towards like storyboarding if they're going to wor- be worth putting money towards these people, right? So, Brad, this is a really good point. Like, is Do, do games really get better by casting these uh, A and B list celebrities, or is this stunt casting? Like, when you're listening to... When, when you're playing Call of Duty... Uh, I don't know if you play Call of Duty, but are you, are you ever like, oh yeah, like that's that guy. I'm getting a real good vo- voice acting experience because it's this <laughs> very professional celebrity. No. I'm, I'm distinctly of the, of the opinion that voice acting is drastically different than regular acting. And being good at one doesn't make you good at another. Uh, I mean, case in point, uh, one of my favorite actors, but um, Peter Dinklage. Like he didn't do a very good job in, um, in 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 Destiny. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the Taken King. What's the I was like, does, I, was, I was like, does he want to get saved? Uh, is he gonna figure this out? And so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just gonna watch me squirm or listen to me squirm. No, like I mean, Peter Dinklage didn't do a great job. Um, I, I don't think anyone disagrees with that. Uh, I think it's part of the reason they brought in Nolan North. Uh, because voice acting isn't exactly easy. Um, 
and it's a different it's a different way of doing things than just regular acting. And then you get, you know, very professional voice actors like Nolan North who do a very good job and turn out quality work time after time. I mean, there are some actors who can bridge it properly. Like having Mark Hamill in the Batman games is a good idea. He's a very talented voice actor. He's been the Joker since the early 90s. Like, it makes sense to use him. But I don't know if Call of Duty needs to, and, and EA need to shell out money for really high-quality voice actors, or not high-quality voice actors, high-quality actors, you know, like A and B-list actors. I think that's inflating a budget and making it... I, I, I think it's it doesn't have the right return on the investment. That's my personal opinion. Well, you mentioning it just made me think about it a little bit um, in the sense of why they're casting these particular people. And you actually made me think about it because they don't even attempt to, like... They don't put these people's voices, right, on some sort of character that they modeled's head. The character literally looks just like him. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, like... Yeah. Clearly, they're going for the star, the star power. There's no doubt about it. Like, they are attempting to feed a little bit off of his star power for this, obviously. Otherwise, they would do a really good computer rendering of another of somebody who doesn't even exist, right? Just made up out of their minds, but instead they go for... Um, making it look just like the actor. Like, any actor that they've had that's, like, an A or a B list, yeah. it, they play themselves, basically, but with a different name. Well, that game that uh, that you talked about a few weeks ago on the cast, the one where uh, it's sort of that horror game and you're making choices. Right, right, which, right. Yeah. Like, um, that's until good, Dawn. Yeah. So that's a good example because, it'll, you know, they had a lot of, not huge celebrities, but, I mean actual actors doing the voice acting and they modeled the characters after those actors and actresses. Oh, like Hayden Panettiere. I got gotcha. you. Exactly. Exactly. I was at first I was like there's actors in that. And then I was like, "Oh, shoot, you're right. There's Hayden Panettiere in it." Yeah, and there there's there's a few others. I can't There's a few think, others. Yeah, I can't think of any. Again, they're not major actors no. and actresses, but Like even Hayden Panettiere is not really a major a- actress, but No. She like also she... was in like a TV series that some people recognize her from. Exactly, so. you know, like she's she's memorable from Heroes back when that was huge, and she's oh, done man. other things. I'm hoping that that Reborn or whatever that's coming out. Ah, oh, I hope that lives up to my expectations. <laughs> oh my god, has I I can't imagine it will. Didn't it that premiere this past week though? It did. Have you seen it yet? No, I've been holding off to see okay. if it's good or bad. Because if it's bad, I don't even want to watch it. <laughs> well, you know, I I went back and I rewatched. Um, or tried to rewatch Heroes a few years ago because I, you know, the first season I remembered so fondly that it got terrible after that. But I, I, suffered, I suffered through the bad stuff, dude. I suffered through it and it didn't get any better. Well, see, I went back and tried to rewatch it and I was like, this is terrible dialogue. Like, I was so disappointed. I, I remembered Heroes being this amazing show and then rewatching it, I was like, this is god awful. Like, I can't believe this became the huge um, event that it was. And that that was back when TV was becoming huge events. Like, people talk now about how um, cable television and is becoming, like, the new thing, and it's trumping movies, and they're getting these huge 
uh, actors and actresses to to come onto these HBO shows. Uh, and that this is like a new dawn for TV. But you go back to the early 2000s and or early to mid. And television was having these major events. Like, Heroes was huge. Lost was huge. Mm-hmm. Reality TV was this, was you know, immense. Like, you look back at the ratings of television back then, and it far eclipses what we have now. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I went back and tried to rewatch Heroes, and I was so disappointed in it. <laughs> so disappointed. So I'm not looking forward to Heroes at all, because I, I don't even remember it fondly anymore. Going back and rewatching it completely ruined it for me. Yeah, luckily, I think I mentioned it like maybe like our first cast, probably. I had mentioned that like I watched the first season and then I just sort of fell out, didn't have the time. And so I watched it fresh, basically everything but the first season, which I rewatched. And the first season was a little bit, thank goodness it was like the best season because it did sort of leave a sour taste in my mouth from watching it a second time. Um, so this was recently you rewatched everything? Uh, like a month ago. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and you enjoyed the first season, though? I enjoyed it, kind of. I didn't really care for it that much, but, like, it definitely wasn't nearly as fond as I remember. Yeah. But I still was like, ah, it's okay. But... Well, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah, and then, eh. But if you slogged through the other seasons... And then the rest of the seasons I was watching basically for the first time. And I was like, eh, these are okay. But I, I was also watching them through, like, first view. So I didn't know, like, this could be a lot better. But this is, like, really trash. <laughs> so, I mean, if you slog through that, though, like, The Heroes Reborn, it can't possibly be any worse. No, but it's been, like, a month since I watched it. So now, like... There's no high expectations anymore. Now I'm sort of like... like you've, you've got nowhere to go from up. Like, nowhere to go than up. You probably don't even need to wait to see if it's good. It's like, after what I just sat through a month ago, like, it can't be any worse. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> maybe maybe that, that's, that's the uh, takeaway. Maybe I should watch it as soon as possible before, like, I become a little bit more jaded. Exactly, exactly. Oh, You're man. You're a positive guy. I feel like I'm the jaded one. <laughs> you're like oh man i'm excited for heroes and i'm like heroes was shit <laughs> uh, that, that's so true <laughs> um speaking of uh cynicism uh, uh this is going to transition into uh into the next topic i had assassin's creed perfect let's let's transition so assassin's creed is one of those game of year type of games that shouldn't be a game of year type of game. Uh, we've had like what I think six Assassin's Creed games now, and two of them were okay. Realistically, only number two was good in my opinion. Uh, one was innovative, and they tried some stuff, and their their execution was iffy. Uh, and then two, it kind of meant it, it hit its mark, and then it was all downhill from there. Uh, so they're going to try stunt casting, basically. You know, um, they're, they're going to be, uh, introducing a transgendered character, uh, which will play a supporting role in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. See, when I saw the heading of this article, right, I was like, transgender, what the hell's the point? You're trying to... You're like, well, let's add women because women are getting pissed off about not being, like, 
equal in Rust Packs, right? Which is fair enough, but I mean, if you're writing a story, then you can write it however you want. That'd be like getting mad that like the main character of Harry Potter was Harry Potter and not some girl, right? <laughs> so it's like, okay, so now we're adding chan- transgender because that group of people is getting mad that they're not being shown in any sort of light? Oh, yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, it, this has been more common in television and stuff, and I, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that, uh, you know, that, that, that we're approaching a, a world that's a little bit more open and understanding. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think inclusion is very good. Um, I think the response to the transgender community has been far better than I expected, um, which is good. You know, you've got, uh, and I apologize, I don't know her name, but an actress on uh, Orange is the New Black who is, uh, she's transgendered, obviously, and um, actually that's a, an important part of her character, which is interesting. Uh, in, in the, you know, in the show, um, I'm a big fan of reality TV. Recently, Big Brother had a, uh, a transgendered woman on the... Um, in in the cast it's and, and again the you know the response is always very positive uh there's actually a radio station in ottawa that right now is holding a contest to uh for people who are transgendered or in the process to share their story and they're going to give uh basically a cash prize to uh to one winner to help them with their transition which can obviously be quite expensive uh, so there's a lot of really, really great things that are coming out in the media, but this really feels like a little bit of stunt casting. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to, to to harp on them too much because it's a good thing to be doing. It's a good thing to to be presenting. I feel like it's a little strange, given and, and maybe you know maybe the. the as the game's storyline comes out a little bit better, more information will be known. But, you know, this is set in the Victorian era. I'm hoping that the transgender character is set in sort of the modern times that get, always gets interplayed into Assassin's Creed because I feel like a transgendered individual in Victorian times will make a little bit less sense, but I don't know. Maybe the world was more open than I'm thinking back then. Uh, I mean, I'm having to tread lightly in this conversation because as much as I uh, as I want to rag on them, like, it's not as it, if it's a bad thing to be doing. I think it's because it's Assassin's Creed. And because this is a... This is a game series that is failing so hard each and every time um, and are, you know, progressively turning out worse and worse games that are more and more of a disappointment. And they do things like this. They try to throw something in there to make people come back to it and to, you know, throw their hands up in the air being like, hey, hey, we're still relevant. We're still relevant. We've still got a game that you used to like. You can still jump off the top of a building and land in something. Hey, look at us. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think people have mentioned before that maybe a break is necessary, right? Yes, absolutely. Give L- us let, let you be missed, sort of? Yes, Give us three years off of a game so that we'll actually come back to it. You know, like, Pikmin is a really good example. I think I've owned every Pikmin game. I've only really played Pikmin 1. 
Like I think I'm. I think Pikmin Three is currently sitting uh, on on the Wii U. Is currently sitting. It was a gift for my wife, unopened. Um, because I just I love the idea of Pikmin. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's cute. It's something I thought she could get into as well. But I don't play it that much. Be- but it was a great concept that I'm still a little bit interested in. And every time I think about it and think about the fact that I've got it unopened, I'm like, oh man, I should play Pikmin. It's a fun game. I feel like I heard something in the news about something that like coming back. Yeah, they're they're in in, uh, in a fashion, maybe not exactly, but I almost think we might have mentioned it briefly on the cast, but they've they've announced that the the next Pikmin is close to release. But it was weird, what? they announced it actually back in an interview in July that recently this this was a Japanese interview that recently kind of surfaced and People paid attention to it and then said, oh, my God, Pikmin, back in July. It was new or it was all, almost done. So <laughs> when's it coming out? So maybe the thought is that, uh, you know, actually, we talked about this when we talked about the delay of Star Fox and how, um, you know, this this kind of leaves Nintendo with very little for the holiday season. But maybe Pikmin is what they're going to try and throw out uh, for holiday season. But I don't know. Throw but out I, you know, or throw up? <laughs> hey, Pik- don't, don't get me wrong. Pikmin... They, they're always good games. They're well made. Uh, I think it's just that I'm never, I'm never chomping at the bit to play Pikmin and I get distracted by other things. Um, and I think that Assassin's Creed is one of those games that could benefit from a few years of polish in between. You know, like uh, Batman Arkham uh, series, for example. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can kind of draw some similarities in that they were sort of action games that came out and really made people kind of take notice. It was like, oh my god, this is a new way of doing action games. And Batman put a little bit more time in between each game. Not a lot more, I think a couple years. They've had their ups and downs, but in the end, uh, you know, the, the most recent Batman game, Arkham Knight, uh is is better and sure it had a lot of port issues a lot but it's a better game that and people were able to embrace it you know after arkham city was kind of uh no not arkham city arkham origins was kind of a disappointment Mm -hmm. so we could do the same thing with assassin's creed if they gave us some time and put out a game that were really that we could really get behind but I don't think anyone has positive expectations for Syndicate. And I don't no, think... Yeah, but, I mean... You, I, I, I mentioned that that, we, that they should take a break, right? Let, yeah. let them be missed, right? And then come back. Yeah. Um, which, that can honestly be good in a lot of ways, actually. Because imagine... You get a game, right? And it, it's set up for a sequel, but the sequel doesn't come out for a few years, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, I really wish I could get back into that game. The story was so good, and I can't wait to see how it finishes, right? Yeah. I mean, Assassin's Creed, the story, there there is a story, but it's... I feel like it's a little bit weak, right? Like, it starts off good. Like, the first Assassin's Creed games are... The story is fantastic. Yeah. But um, it gets weak as <laughs> they continue to try to be like, let's not let the story end we need to let it keep continuing because they've been putting out it so frequently uh just disappear for like a few years people are gonna be like oh man i can't wait until we see like the last part of 
Assassin's Creed and then just like release like a last game and then be done with it. Yeah, and I mean, they don't even have to finish it off uh, either. Like, they just need to give it some time because Assassin's Creed is the kind of game that the combat and the action and the mechanisms were so innovative the first time around. So people were anxious to see it again and people remember it fondly. If you give us a little bit of time in between games, that that fond memory of that combat mechanic comes back. And, you know, if if all of a sudden an Assassin's Creed game came out that was a few years in the making, you know, give me two, two and a half years where you're working on an Assassin's Creed game. And I'm going to be more inclined to buy it. And I haven't bought an Assassin's Creed game since number two. Because I'm going to think, oh my god, they've actually put some time and effort into this one. Uh, maybe it's got a cool setting. Maybe I can feel a little bit more comfort level in this being a good game. I'll shell out some money for it. Mm-hmm. Now I won't even drop 10 bucks on it if it was on Steam. Because <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a fun, enjoyable experience because I've gotten such a sour taste in my mind and in my mouth about Assassin's Creed games. Where I'm not going to buy a new Assassin's Creed game because I don't have a good... I don't think I'm going to enjoy playing it. I agree. Um, as for like, as for like how I said being like wanted, right? Like you want like a conclusion. Um, there's like a there's like a theory that a lot of video games like partake in, which is um, I can't remember exactly what the theory is called, but it, it, it's like a completion theory where right. if you get parts of like a story, right? And you can't quite fit the pieces together. And sometimes the pieces fit together and you really all of a sudden are like ingrained in the story and you really want to like dig deep and figure out how it ends. The same sort of plays into place here where, um, well, at, at the start they gave you like story and you're like, okay, can't wait till the next Assassin's Creed comes out and they build upon the story. Now there's so many of them and the story's sort of gotten lost in translation that people don't have that, oh man, I really want to figure out and locate all the secrets in the game to complete the story, right? They really don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care about the story anymore, right? Yeah. I'm not going to pick up, if I'm going to pick up an Assassin's Creed game, it ain't going to be for the story anymore. God, no. And because you don't, and you know, that that's the, the other thing with them coming up with an Assassin's Creed movie. Like, it makes it harder to care. Because that, you're not yeah. invested in a story. And the excitement and action that you get in an Assassin's Creed game is always going to be better than what you're going to get in an Assassin's Creed movie. Because you can throw reality out the window and, you know, dive off of a giant uh, building into a bale of hay. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, you can do that with stunts and stuff. And, you know, God knows that's going to be in the Assassin's Creed movie because it's so iconic. But... It's so much more exciting action that you can get into a video game. So if the action in a game is arguably going to be better and the story you don't really care about anymore, can we? is there really a need for an Assassin's Creed movie? I'd argue no. I'd argue the same. It's so, uh, Well, you could argue the same thing about a lot of things, though. Like, um, I'm trying to think of another... Like, they're doing like that Five Nights at Freddy's movie, right? That doesn't sound like a game that needs a movie. Plenty of yeah. other games don't need a movie. Like, I don't need a Mario movie. That's for sure. 
Oh, come on. The Mario no. Brothers movie is... No. Okay, did you hear this, by the way? We didn't talk about this on the cast. It happened a couple of weeks ago. But um, Shigeru Miyamoto, in an interview, uh, stated that Mario's full name is Mario Mario. Oh, are we talking about... um? They were doing like some sort of like publicity stunt where they were having Miyamoto answer like a lot of like questions like who's Bowser's dad and that kind of thing. Maybe Is this yeah. What we're talking like about I, yeah yeah like I, I didn't go through the full uh, I, I didn't catch the full co- sort of context of this interview, but uh, it was just it I blew my mind that he actually made this canon like this was. Yeah, I was. I saw something movie. on Twitter, dude. Yeah. He was like, they were like, tune in tomorrow because uh, Miyamoto is going to answer some questions, um, and like it was like a short like, it's not a GIF because it had sound, but it was like, yeah, yeah. some guy goes, "Who is Princess Peach's father?" No, no, they don't say that. They say, they like he's standing there. They're just looking at him. He's just staring, and he, they go, "Do you know who?" Princess Peach's father is? And he just shakes his head, yes. And then they go, tune in to find out the answers to these questions and more. Oh, nice. Uh, actually, I, I really should go back and uh, and look at that because, I, you know, got to know if she's somehow, like, the spawn of one of these toads. <laughs> uh, but no, like, I mean, it, that seemed like the strangest thing. And you know, they, they might have just asked the question, right? And he oh, was yeah. like, well, now i got to come up with an answer. Okay, Mario Mario seems like a really easy answer to come up with. Well, and you know, Miyamoto, <laughs> is he's got that kind of like playful, childlike jokiness to him. It doesn't surprise me at all, but at the same time, it's like, seriously? Like, this stupid joke from this terrible, terrible movie turns out to be the actuality. He, his name is Mario Mario. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, but, uh... uh how did we even get off onto this tangent? I don't even know. Oh, a Mario movie. <laughs> yes, yes. We needed that Mario movie. That was a great Mario movie. Um, you know, Brad, before we go off video games, uh, you know, tell me, is, is there anything that you've been playing lately? You know, to be honest with you, I actually haven't played all that much recently. I mean, I've, I've played a little bit more of, uh, a little bit more of Destiny. Uh, I've gotten to a point where, I really don't want to, like, bug my friends who have already finished these things, right? Because I'm trying to start from the scratch, and I'm doing the new stuff as well. But a lot of the people didn't do the old stuff as well, so they're done, right, with the new expansion already. And I'm just sort of really breaking into it. And so I don't want to, like, create, like, a fire team and make my friends do, like, the same mission over again so that I can actually pass it. Um, I've gotten to a point where... Level 40 is the max. It's always been the max. Yeah. And so the only way to make things easier is to get better equipment so that way your light level goes up. Because your light level also, like I've said before, it does like a two-fold effect where it increases your um, damage and defense. Yeah. So basically, the better the stuff, the more light, the more light, the better the stuff. Um, so that's really my only option at this point. But to get gear is kind of hard and difficult so it's either i bug friends to help me out so it's not just me against the mission it could be like me and two other people or do it on my my own but the level missions have become like 38 and 39 and the max is 40 so the missions are hard no matter what unless you're doing it with other people yeah but (laughs) destiny must have some sort of like matching system 
Well, there is matchmaking, but not for these particular missions. These missions, you have to either create a party on your own or do it solo. But, I mean, is there, is there no, like, lobby or anything to no, find? No, no. There, there's lobbies for a particular particular missions that are called strikes. Those have actual PlayStation matchmaking. So the best you can do is, like, go on the internet and go on Find people or find my friends that are already playing Destiny and ask them. Be like, hey, do you mind doing this mission again? Are you mispronouncing <laughs> ask? Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> uh, <laughs> i figured you might you might come on to it um yeah it's a typical accent kind of thing i got going on like i don't pronounce breakfast right either <laughs> that's okay you know i uh i have occasionally dropped french words in the cast so it's it's forgivable <laughs> well i was like when once i said axe the first time i'm like is he gonna mention that i totally like just butchered axe <laughs> well, I, uh, I I noticed it the first time, and I, but I was giving you the benefit of the doubt. I was like, I, I must have misheard. No <laughs> yeah, that. And, All uh, right, breakfast. so you you haven't been able to play much of the Taken King. Yeah, I, basically, it's me at this point, just smashing my head against the wall, hoping that I can just eventually beat it. That sounds about uh, equivalent to my experiences with uh, with Destiny. It's about as fun smashing my head against the wall. Yeah, literally, it's just like brute force forehead to the enemy sort of just hoping that eventually you'll break through (laughs) um but and then it's basically me once i've died like a few times i'll be like okay time to play some more rocket league (laughs) (laughs) i really 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 wish they had rocket league on the wii u you know it's a surprise they don't they have it on the playstation the xbox the pc you would think that it's just like why not do the wii at By all point. reports, Nintendo is a difficult console to develop for. Unless you have, like, specific support from them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, from my end, I haven't been able to play too, too much Mario Maker, but uh, still enjoying the hell out of that game. That is a solid, solid game. Have you unlocked anything new? Uh, not too much. I've, I've unlocked a couple days worth of stuff, but, uh, but not much. I, I've been, uh, I was really sick this past week and work's been a little bit crazy. So I haven't been, uh, been sinking myself into it too much. And then, uh, I do a lot of blogging about reality TV and I've had to, uh, to put out a bunch of stuff on Survivor. So that just premiered this week. So no, I haven't been, uh, I haven't been playing too much, uh, but, uh, all right, so, you know, moving off of video games for a little bit, um, some interesting news in the realm of technology. Uh, we'll start with Volkswagen. Oh, my goodness, man. I, I saw it. Um, believe it or not, the new uh, iOS for um, my iPhone actually helped me feed. find the story. Um, they introduced, like, a news feed. And so I picked, like, technology, gaming, all the stuff that interests me. And I opened it up and it had said Volkswagen, they have a huge issue because they had told people that, well, I don't know if they've, if, if they told, I think it was just found out, mm-hmm. um, that they have some sort of software in the computers, uh, in the car's computer that's on board that lies when it's getting an emissions test. So though it thinks that it's doing better on um, emissions than actually is fact. Right. Um, and so 
lots of people are pissed because ex- ex- um, existing Volkswagens, right? Now, let's say you own a Volkswagen, you hear this news, and you're literally just about to go get a new car and trade it in. The dealership is probably still going to accept your trade, right? But it's going to be seriously, the value of the car is going to be seriously, like, impacted. Yeah. Because um, there's so many of these cars right now. The government has, the actual government for the United States specifically needs to figure out what they're going to do about this. Um, Because in the States we have, I'm sure you do in Canada too. Um, When you get your vehicle inspected, we have emissions tests as well as safety tests. Yeah. And so they hook up a thing to your car, test what's coming out of the tailpipe, right? Um, There's so many of these cars that should be failing now right um that now we have to decide what we're going to do about it do we continue to let the cars run and they have an exception when it comes to the emissions test on your inspection or is vw going to have to pay to do something to fix this problem or it's very confusing to me yeah like i was i was been doing some looking into this as well and like there's talks as to whether vw is going to be forced to buy back um these cars which i feel they should because i don't i don't think letting the cars run out there is a good option but it might be the only one there's a lot of cars out there yeah you run into some concerns though if you know if you incorporate the buying back from vw because if you know they buy back it's going to have to be at a perceived market value for that car so which is lower now (laughs) which is going to be lower so i mean presumably it will have to be more than you'd get at like a dealership but in that same vein you've been driving this car for two years and it needs to come off the road you bought it for i don't know let's say twenty five thousand uh the perceived value for that is now eighteen thousand to get an equivalent car it's going to cost you more than eighteen thousand so you're in essence going to get take a hit for having bought this car, even though you exactly. have no way of knowing. Like it's it's a whole mess. There's going to be class action lawsuits all over this. Yeah, this, I, you know, I, this thing. I wish I still had the article available to me. I don't know how to pull up my history on um because I, I was looking at it on my phone, so I have no idea how to get the actual like article I was looking at. But I think it said something like forty percent more nitrogen than is allowed. Jesus. And so there's with that number, there's clearly no option to leave this, right? You can't just say, "Oh, well, we'll just let these these cars go," and then new cars have to follow the standard, right? You just can't well, do that with I that mean, many cars. I, you no, I I don't know if that's necessarily the case because you think about older cars; they're held to less strict emissions testing, I believe. They are, but you have to remember, though, older cars, the older they get, the Less of them there are. That's Absolutely. These cars are pretty new. These cars are going to last for a good 30, 40 years. 30, 40 years? Well, well what I'm saying is in comparison to other beaters that are out there. If, you're, if we're going to talk about old cars. Old yeah, cars. On, if you there's, find an old car, it's old. There's not a 40-year-old car out on the road. Sure there is. It's got to be worth money, though. I'm not talking about, like your yeah, no, great no great grandparents like caddy or whatever right no one's gonna collect a 2014 vw for the uh no no the, the retro factor <laughs> oh no, no i mean not vw in particular but like an old like 1950s um 
uh, like Ford pickup, right? Those things yeah, are still yeah. heavily maintained because they have value. And those things yeah. probably like pollute like nobody's business. <laughs> you guys uh, also have the option to have cars that old in the uh, in the states because you don't have as much salt damage. What do you, you have? Us, like, on a, there? A, a, sorry. What do you have going on there then? Oh my god! Like we, in Canada, like you can't have classic cars really. You have to be really super careful with them. You can't take them out in the winter because the salt oh, damage. Gotcha, is, gotcha, gotcha. Like our cars will last maybe fifteen years if it's a Honda because just the rust factor. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, yeah, well, it, it's sort of similar here because I mean there is a salt issue, but um, people who have those kind of cars here, like if you have like a nineteen fifty nine Ford um like pickup truck right that's like painted like i don't know let's just say like john deere green because that's like an iconic color right then obviously if you're ever taking it out in the winter you probably bring it into your garage and like sponge bath it or something (laughs) (laughs) like these people are crazy about their cars yeah um but yeah something has to be done with this i mean i heard i saw there's at least like 96 counts of just like individuals suing volkswagen Oh, yeah. For their uh, loss of value for their car. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be... Yeah, it, it's it's certainly not going to go away in a week. This is going to be a long, drawn-out issue, and this could, be a, this could be a serious hit to Volkswagen in the long term. And, I mean, you know, the Volkswagen also has a bunch of subsidiaries. Like, all this got found out on a BMW car. So the other question is too, like how far is this reaching in Volkswagen's models? Yeah, because they don't own just they don't make just beat bugs, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> there there's Volkswagen. You've got um, BMW. I'm pretty sure Bentley falls under mm-hmm. it as well. Like this, you know, it's it's not a small car company. Um, speaking of completely. Uh, uh, disreputable practices uh last topic i had to talk about was ad block so uh it was recently reported... before you go any farther into it um volkswagen's owns a lot of stuff i just looked it up <laughs> audi bentley bugatti lamborghini porsche are overseas brands that are like affiliated with them <laughs> so that's yeah, a but lot no, one, no one's buying a bugatti for the emissions no, no, they're not. They're not. And also, so few are bought. How worth it is it for them to be like, let's put the system into the into the car that cheats on the emissions test, right? Yeah. More quote unquote affordable cars. I say quote unquote because, I mean, BMWs aren't really that affordable, but no. Uh, but you know, Volkswagen is considered one of those reliable mm-hmm. um family brands like you know you buy a vw because you think it's safe and it's reliable and it's going to last you and now you're finding out that it's polluting like crap <laughs> yeah like it's it's gonna be there's gonna be big hits to the to the vw brand from this yeah but so you were talking about ad block and companies paying right is that what you were getting to companies yeah, yeah. paying so... to be able to just slip right through the cracks yeah, so AdBlock is uh, is now going to allow companies to pay to be whitelisted. So, so far, uh, apparently, the AdBlock has signed or has gotten an agreement with about seventy companies uh, and about seven hundred ads that are allowing them to evade 
uh, ad blocks uh, or, or evade the, the blocking mechanism. So I think Google and Microsoft are a couple of the companies that are supposedly on this whitelist. Um, Wait, what companies? Microsoft and Google. See, it makes you wonder. Like at first, you're like, "That's shady for AdBlock to be doing that in the first place." But I feel like the companies that also pay for it could be. <laughs> I could think just the same of them, right? Where they're like, "Oh man, we're getting through." Like that so you is. Think, sorry, so you're thinking that it, it it casts sort of a negative light on them? Yeah, on them as well, because it's like, okay, Google knows about AdBlock and they're actively paying to get around it now. Yeah, but I mean, do you really? I guess I, I view it differently. So Adblock, their whole purpose is to prevent us from seeing ads. Google and Microsoft, like, we know... That they make money based on <laughs> ad behemoths. Yeah, like, Google uh, has AdSense itself, right? Yeah. And then like, if you count YouTube and the ads that play on there... I don't think anyone's really going to view them as negative for... get You know, because they, people realize that they want their ads to be shown. They want to get through, like... It, it well, and the companies that are paying Google want Google to be able to yeah. show these ads. So, so I, I, mean, I do feel the same way, but I also feel like it's like this company like shadily offers this the thing, and then these companies are like, oh, yeah, that seems enticing. I mean, I don't I, – I, it almost makes me – it doesn't make me, though, view them yeah. in a negative light, but it almost does where I'm like, that's kind of weird. Yeah, so like, I mean, Adblock has come out saying, you know, don't worry, like, we're not going to let any invasive ads through, they're going to continue to block uh, most ads, but still, I mean, this is... Well, change your name then. It should yeah. be called Invasive Adblock. Well, no, yeah, it's Adblock Plus now, maybe it should be like Adblock Minus. We'll block most ads, just not all ads. I, I do like the idea, though, of a lot, well, maybe not allowing people to buy it, because that, that thing sort of that definitely puts a sour taste in my mouth it's not it doesn't kind of it definitely does where they're like google so how about you pay and we'll let you through i think some should be just let through it shouldn't be that kind of way i mean everybody's got to make money but i just feel like like for instance if people who like quit their jobs do things on um youtube and such right those people rely on the ads, and therefore they should be protected, and Google should be responsible for protecting them. I suppose. I don't find that Adblock is really the same thing, though, as, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, and, you know, you want content creators to be able to... Uh, to make money, you know, obviously they're producing value, they're doing it for free, they're getting uh, funding in response, but I think there's other ways for them to be able to do it. A lot of people get by just fine with Adblock still running. And, I agree, I, mean, I agree. Adblock isn't, the other thing is too, Adblock isn't used immensely by a lot of the people that, it's you know, it's the 80-20 rule, right? Like you get... 80% of your income from 20% of the people. And those 20% of people are not going to be using Adblock, probably more than that. Like, uh, the, the the big diehard fans of a lot of these people that will put advertising yeah, they in like videos, they're not going to be using Adblock. Mm. Or they'll disable it for these people if they know how. Like, yeah. I don't think it's that big of a deal. See, you, you bring in advertisement, and it makes me think of another thing. Like, you have... Um... 
like the main gripe I had because I've ha- I've had multiple like uh, TV show movie streaming services, right? Like Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Um, I used to have Hulu Plus as well because I had some of those. I had TV shows a lot quicker and movies a little bit quicker than Netflix does. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also didn't have like some of the old stuff I really enjoy. Um, well, they play like an ad quite often, and they'll play like three in a row. <laughs> Um, and people complain about ads like that, right? But oftentimes people forget that ads are what pays to be able to have Netflix and uh, not well, not Netflix, but Hulu Plus specifically, right? Um, you pay think, for a little bit of it, right? But a major yeah. it doesn't cost them how much you pay to run Hulu. I think the 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 beef people have with Hulu is is exactly that they're already paying for it. Why are they getting an ad? That is what bugs me. I'm okay with an ad on like Pandora if you're paying if you're free, right? When yeah. you pay for something, that's what bugs me, and that's why I don't have Hulu. Is because yeah. it bugs me that they're like, you pay for it, and then they give you extra ads on top of that. Um, I did get an email from them though, because like I've previously had them, and they're like, oh, thank you for qu- canceling your subscription with Hulu. You make us a better person. <laughs> really? Yeah, and then they were like. And because because of a lot of people doing what they've done by canceling with us, we've decided that we're going to add for a couple bucks. We're going to add a tier where you don't get any ads. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I don't have it still, but oh, they were like, <laughs> oh, and have a, another free month on us or something like that. Yeah, I think I've gotten like before I just started just giving up and just paying for Netflix. I used to get Netflix, right? Use it for the month, cancel it, because I didn't really care for it too, too much. I could do without a little bit. And then wait a couple months, and after a couple months, they'd be like, we've seen that you've left. We'd like you to come back. Here's a free month again. And I would just use it again. Um, so Mr. Moneybags, who just bought so a brand it. new PlayStation because it went better with his desire, his decor <laughs> than his other PlayStation, refuses to pay for Netflix? Well, I, I I pay for Netflix now. That was a while ago. That was before I had the PlayStation. Okay, okay. Back uh, before you came into all this PlayStation money. Now, well, also now I just pay for it because I got like you get like legacy pricing, right? Where I started paying for it back when it was like seven bucks. Now it's like twelve bucks or something like that. So it's like crazy expensive. And when I say crazy, of course I don't mean like. <laughs> it's not that much more expensive, but it it's, is it's more a little bit better than cable. We'll put it that way. Yeah. All right, Brad. It's coming up to that time again. It is. Uh, we we have all of our loyal listeners who are finishing their commute or their work day or their workout, and uh, and we need to let them go. I'm I'm feeling very Mister Rogersy. Like, thank you for joining us, neighbor. <laughs> but uh, no, it was uh, it was a very negative cast. It was it a very was. cynical cast. It today. was like polluting the earth and. Uh, Mega Man might not live up, and Rainbow Six has no stuff. There was not a single positive story that we covered. No. <laughs> how about, uh, how about I, I just I, add on to it that uh, I played Rocket League, and I got better, and I joined people that are better. Positive. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Brad's better at Rocket League. That that is our uh, that is our positive story for the day or for the week. Um, all right, so thank you very much, uh, you know, our, our loyal listeners for joining us, and we will commit to a more positive cast next, next Sunday. Next time. 
So why don't you tell them where they can reach you in case they want a little bit more positivity if you have any. Sounds good. Uh, so people can reach me on Twitter at Brad Rock, and that is Rock spelled R-A-C-H, and it is pronounced Rock, not Rash, not Rach, not Rach, um, but Rock. Uh, and they can find me at uh, on my website, uh, www.bradrock.com, where I blog mostly about reality TV these days, but also about project management, technology, gaming, and really whatever I feel like. And how about yourself, Brad? Where are they going to reach you? They can also find me on Twitter at BradBell underscore with one L, and they can find the um, episode page on bradsquared.com for this episode. Where they and can also see the wonderful artwork that you do for each and every episode. I know. I just finished the artwork for last week's <laughs> cast. Oh, is it up? Uh, no, it's not up. I still need okay. to edit the uh, text, but yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that one. I'm looking forward to figuring out what the heck we're going to call this cast. <laughs> I know, cast. I know. We'll, we'll have, we'll good. I'll just put a big art of negative sign. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Brad. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I will see you next week. See you guys next week.